0: Here is Bryce Johnson.
1: Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well today. I am thrilled about today's guest because I have wanted him on this show for a while. I was a fan of his while he was playing and what an incredible career he ended up having. Danny Woodhead, former NFL running back, is our guest. He spent 10 years in the NFL and, and really did very well with the Patriots and the Chargers specifically. Also spent time with the New York Jets and the Baltimore Ravens. But you think back to the Patriots, he, he went to a Super Bowl. They, they ended up losing that Super Bowl to the Giants. But caught a touchdown in that game. And then with San Diego and, and Phillip Rivers, uh, he was a part of some some great teams there. And, and then ended his career with Baltimore. And so he'll talk a little bit about that. He'll also talk about Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers being on new teams and and provided some some pretty cool insight on that. If you know me, you know I'm a big fantasy football owner and player. And and, and so Danny plays fantasy football. But Danny was one of those guys you just love to have on your fantasy team because you could get him a little bit later. He would have huge games where he, where he caught a ton of passes. So in PPR leagues, he was great. And so to be able to talk fantasy football with Danny Woodhead, a real honor, a real treat for me. And so for you to be able to hear it today, you're going to love it. You're going to love this conversation. Just after this interview, one of my favorite guests we've ever had on the show. So I appreciate uh, what he shared with us today, and we talk a little uh marriage and life at home and I guess as a as a warning before we jump in, I really throw myself under the bus because I mentioned how uh I don't do the dishes anymore. so before you jump all over me, before you judge me, just listen and and know that I actually like doing the dishes i, I like I like cleaning the dishes. And I used to actually like the challenge of putting all the dishes in the dishwasher in a specific way. But what ended up happening is, Jody, my wife, she wanted it to, to be a different way. So she ended up taking over the dishes game. And so she's kind of got her own strategy and all that. So I, I still help rinse in here and there. Uh, and I'll do some drying. I'm not a great dryer. I got to work on my drying game. But, but we have a, a brand new dishwasher and it doesn't dry. So you gotta get a better we, we didn't get a nice enough dishwasher, I guess. You gotta get one that actually dries. Otherwise I'm stuck using a towel trying to dry my dishes. I'm thinking, why do we have this this machine running for an hour if it can't dry it itself? Just wanna give you a heads up on that, uh, as we jump in, uh, because uh Danny Danny will share his his, his uh, role as a, as a dishwasher. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, before we jump in with Danny, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. As I'm recording this and thinking about my chores, I realized I did not take out the trash today. You got to pray for me. You got to hold me accountable. I got to step up my game. This is birthday week for my wife. Not just a day, it's a whole week. We got plenty of celebrating. I at least need to take out the trash. So I, my morning got a little crazy. So if, if you're listening today, take out the trash for your wife and do the dishes. And I'm going to try to do the same. And you can hold me accountable to it. How about that? All right. Shoot me an email. Let me know your, your strategies on all that. Uh, Bryce at unpackingit.com. All right, a couple of other stats for uh, Danny Woodhead. All right, he went to Shadrun State. That's right, Shadrun State and is set records, huge numbers, and went undrafted back in 2008 and then played all the way until 2017 uh, before retiring. And so uh, he's from Nebraska, and I believe he still lives there now. And, and so we're, we're talking Division Two football to make it all the way to have a 10-year career. Wow. Well, here he is. It's Danny Woodhead joining us on
0: Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: And joining us now on Unpacking It is former NFL running back, 10 years in the league. He's Danny Woodhead. Danny, thrilled to have you on the show today. How are you?
2: I'm doing good, man. I, I can't complain. Uh, I appreciate you uh, having me on. I really do.
1: Absolutely. So we'll, we'll talk football and faith and, and family as well. And and you mentioned that, that you've been uh, busy with some fatherly and, and husband duties. So what, what does that entail?
2: Man, that entails a lot of stuff. You know, I, I will be, I will be very honest. My wife is amazing. I am. I don't want to say allowed because then it acts like she's in can, like controlling me. But I do play <laughs> a lot of golf too. But uh, the house, the the house duties is usually I'm in charge of the dishes. Not usually. I mean, I'm always in charge of the dishes. Nice. Obviously, just have we have two little ones. We have two that are in grade school, but we also have two little ones. So. I, whatever I have to do, you know, with them, but my wife's amazing. So, uh, I, when I say I have all these duties, it's really not that big of a deal.
1: <laughs> you got You got to contribute somehow. So the challenge for me is early on in our marriage, I always did the dishes, but slowly, but surely she didn't like how I put the dishes in the dishwasher. So she took over. So, so my wife has taken over the, the dishwashing duties. And so in one way I'm happy about it, but then the other side of me is like, ah, I got to find something else to, uh, to really own as as far as household chores go. so
2: Is that all I have to do is just start putting them in like in a bad way, <laughs> and I will just get off the hook? You know, that's that's <laughs> but the thing is, too. It's like, well, you used to do the dishes. Now you don't. And then you're like, uh. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where you're sitting down thinking – well, I better figure something out to do, otherwise I'm in trouble.
1: It's not. It's not great when I'm sitting down <laughs> watching Monday Night Football and I hear the the dishes clanging behind me, knowing that <laughs> ooh she's doing that and I'm doing this. Doesn't seem right. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to step up my game. So so thanks for the encouragement on uh, on that. <laughs> well, well, no problem. <laughs> well, well, speaking of, of Monday Night Football, and of course the the football season is is underway. So as a former player. What does it look like for you to watch football at this point?
2: I would say just I wouldn't say just like any other fan because probably the things that I think about during the game are a little bit different than the average fan thinks about, oh yeah, but as far as like enjoyment like i i'm I love it uh, I don't miss it a lick, okay. I don't miss anything about it Wow um but i love but I love Sundays and I love watching football with my wife and. Uh, that's kind of one of our things that we do. Sundays are just a a day that we chill out together because i mean for ten years that's that's what the fall and leading into the winter that's what our Sundays entailed was you know football and um it it's still football still has a has a spot in the woodhead household.
1: I love it. So, well, I want to hear more about wh- why you don't miss anything, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But just as far as watching games, are you kind of a, a one-game-at-a-time guy? Do you go red zone? Do you go multiple TVs? What, what's the setup?
2: I usually do. I have probably two or three that I will kind of go back and forth, you know, through because it, whether it be P- some of my friends that are still playing yeah. or, you know, a certain player that I enjoy watching, I've never been a huge fan. I, I think the red zone is awesome, like if you're just going off of fantasy, but I want to watch the actual game. Yeah. I want to know what's going on. So if there's, if there's a bunch of close games that I don't really care about, then I'll watch the red zone. But if there's something that I kind of have interest in, I'll just watch that whole game.
1: Nice, nice. So, so I'm probably on the other side of it because I'm I'm Mr. Red Zone and, and fantasy football guy. <laughs> yeah. So, so of course, when you were playing, I mean, you were a a fantasy football uh, star in in many ways, especially a steal oftentimes. So, what was your uh, understanding or relationship with fantasy football while you were playing, and then what's your view of it now that you're no longer playing?
2: I knew of it a little because in college I played it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but once I got into the league. I wouldn't, I didn't think about it at all, except, you know, in your mentions on Twitter, you either helped someone or you didn't help someone and they let you know about it either way. <laughs> and so, so that's what I remember uh, while I was playing. I think it's great though. I, I really do. I mean, there's some unfortunate things that happen. Sometimes people blame players, which is, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think it's stupid and, <laughs> yep. but uh, you know, I think it's great for the game. It's added more interest. I personally love it now. It it gives uh, you reason to watch all depending. I mean, there's bi-weeks, but all 16 games, you know, for the first couple weeks and then dwindles down to 14 or 15 each week. It gives you a reason uh, to be kind of, to watch, to be like, well, I have a guy on this team, even though it may be, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to, but it could be the Jets and the Bengals where no <laughs> one has interest in that game except someone from New York or someone from Cincinnati. But it's like, no, I'm in Nebraska, and I have interest because I have yada, yada, yada playing. And uh, so that I think it's a great thing.
1: Nice. So do you play now?
2: Yes, I play oh, fantasy football now. I'm, okay. in, I'm in two leagues. But you know what the thing I've, I've realized, though, and I did it last year. I think I was in three leagues my first year out. But, like, I don't have any interest. Not don't have any interest, but like, I don't love being in multiple leagues because it's like, oh, this this league I need so and so to. I need Sterling Shepard. I need Shepard to have eight catches, but crap, the guy that I'm (laughs) playing and also has him. So like, which which game do I want to win? So I kind of have. I'm in two leagues, and I have one that's more important than the other. And then if I win the other one, it's like, oh, great. But like, I don't care
1: yep. about that one. Yep. You got to have the priority leagues. It's it's key because I I'm in four leagues, and it it can be a lot. Oh gosh,
2: you're in four. I know. Dude, that's it's it's just so hard to juggle though. Like I'm like, who do I want to start? And then you forget, and then your your non priority leagues, you like don't even pay that much attention to, and yes. it's just it's. It is tough to have multiple leagues.
1: It is, and I totally buy into the philosophy of one and only league. Like That's fine, and I support that, but I get caught up in other leagues, and it just kind of happens. It gets away from me sometimes, but... Uh, but it's fun. So I, I love it and, and loved having you on my team when uh, when you were playing. <laughs> and, and so um, we'll, we'll talk about the transition out of the NFL in, in a moment as well, but, but just in talking about week one in the NFL, just curious kind of your thoughts initially because having played for the Chargers and, of course, with Phillip Rivers and then in New England with, with Tom Brady, how weird is it for you to see both those guys in, in different uniforms and starting the season off with a loss?
2: The thing that's tough is both of them didn't have an off season, So then you you're not, re- and they didn't have preseason games. So, like, I felt, me personally, I felt like Phillip looked pretty comfortable. Um, I think Tom didn't look as comfortable. I, there were some things that I didn't love, like his shotgun stance is different than it was in New England. It's like, I don't know why he'd change Yeah, um, that. I know that sounds petty and stupid, but, like, I'm like, yeah, let's not let's not change. And maybe someone tried to encourage him too. Hmm. But like, if I'm them, and I know there's been talk about Tampa, you know, and they're kind of merging their offenses together, if I'm the head coach or the offensive coordinator, I'm saying, Hey Tom, what do you want to do? Exactly. And we're gonna do that. Yep. Because the thing that's amazing is if you watched if you watched any of the Twelve o'clock games or twelve o'clock Central, one o'clock games Eastern. Um, if you turned it over to the New England Miami game, they're not running close to an offense they ran with Tom Brady. No, like it, not no. It doesn't resemble because they said, "Okay, Cam, you're really good at this. We're going to do this for you." I mean, every, like they ran the read option never, with Tom Brady <laughs> never because 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 they shouldn't. No. And it's like, I just, I didn't love, I, I wish, uh, this is me just being a critic, and I I know they have reasons for what they do, but, like, I wish Tampa would have been like, all right, we're going to run a lot of seam routes with Gronk. There's going to be a couple other things they do, but we're also going to have a lot of underneath where they didn't have a ton underneath. it did, Visually, it didn't seem like it. Yes, they yeah. did have some. I'm just throwing it to the – you know the the dink and dunk a little bit until and, and then you can throw it deep later. I didn't I didn't love that. The Philip deal is he seems more comfortable because it's an offense he's been in before, but it's new players and true. I think tough that they lost, but um, not really. Uh, if I'm them, either of them, I'm not panicking No. Like it's gonna get figured out. I will say it was odd that Bruce Arians was call almost calling Tom Brady out. Yeah. Like, Bill, Bill Belichick was the greatest at calling him out in meetings, but the one thing you'll never hear, hear Bill Belichick do is call a player out in the media. Mm. What does that ever do? No. Nothing. No. I mean, except get you super annoyed with the coach, And uh, <laughs> whereas it's just an odd tactic. It's obviously fine for him, but uh, that's the one thing I respected about Bill a lot.
1: Yeah, and to me, the, the storyline is the, the, the coaching dynamic, and I have to think that Brady is thinking to himself, oh, my – Bruce Arians is not Bill Belichick, and and like that's the biggest change in reality, and and maybe he was taking Belichick for granted, and it's not greener on the other side because I'm looking at New England and go and to your point, they just embraced. Hey, we'll bring in Cam, we'll change things, no big deal. And Arians is trying to go toe to toe with Brady. I, I, just, it just seems funny to me. So
2: I think if I don't know, like I don't think there's any butting of heads, but if there ever is, uh, it's going to be different because I think. Tom's eventually like, all right we got to do this yeah like if I'm Tom that's what I would do um I don't know if I don't know if he will whereas Philip Rivers steps into the same exact offense that he pretty much that he had in uh San Diego because Frank Reich was our O coordinator one of the years Nick Sirianni who's the O coordinator was quarterback's coach and a receiver's coach at San Diego so it's Mm -hmm. like they know everything the checks are pretty much the same I'm sure they have different uh names for a few but like it was seamless for him i'm sure to go into that situation
1: yeah i'm, I'm real high on the colts I, I think they'll be fine so it was a bummer to watch rivers throw an interception at the end there but uh but i think i think there's enough talent there and even, even with jonathan taylor now just being the guy with with mac going out uh that'll be interesting so and then heinz heinz kind of looked a little danny woodhead coming out of the backfield catching some passes so uh,
2: I I I really like Heinz. Yeah. I think he's a great player. I really do.
1: Yeah, he's he's awesome, and he was on my fantasy team. But of course, sitting on the bench with twenty-seven points. So, <laughs> of course, but,
2: of course,
1: but that's all right. Well, well, let, let, let's get into uh, into your story a little bit, and and love talking football with you. I appreciate the uh, the insight there, and 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 good thoughts. It's only week one, so we we got to pace ourselves for sure. Right, but right, but but as far as uh, transitioning out of the NFL, what was that whole process like? and, and you've already mentioned. You know you don't miss anything uh, about it. What what does that mean? And and what has this kind of new life post NFL been like for you? Which sounds like you're you're embracing it.
2: A lot of guys, I think I, I was so fortunate uh, on the way that I went out. I, I really felt like God took the love of the game for me away. Wow. Or the love of playing the game is it's probably how I should word it better. Um, I was uh, I felt like God answered some prayers. I, I didn't. I got hurt going into free agency, and I felt like I was like thought it was going to be a huge, huge uh, deal to go into free agency with the guys I was with, and I thought it was going to be you know the best situation. And I ended up getting hurt. I felt like it was over, and I felt like God had other plans, and He did, and end up signing. Not that, it's not about money. It really isn't. But I end up signing the biggest contract I did in my career, and it was kind of like God kind of took me to Baltimore Mm. and I felt like it was one of those things because I felt like it was impossible and God said no it's possible Mm. I can do it but also what I think he was doing is he was taking me there to have me retire because I was the guy that I loved Philip Rivers I loved playing football with him I had a lot of teammates and you know on the Chargers that I loved and I don't know if I would have been able to call it quits wow um or it would have taken me longer. And I felt like God was saying, no, Danny, it's time. I'm going to mm. let you tear your hamstring mm. right off the bone. And it's going to be very, very hard to continue. You're like, you're not going to be able to continue playing basically, or at least for a few more years. And I felt like God was just kind of leading me uh, down that path of like not loving the game or not loving to play the game as much. And a few things that happened, Ryan Shazier, that was yeah. the same year as my hamstring and, and i saw him you know rolling out of the hospital and i remember telling my wife i go yeah babe i don't uh, that's not going to be me mm. i go that that will not be me i'm mm. I, I, I don't i don't want that and mm. i felt like that off season i felt like god was saying to to not be in love with playing the game anymore and mm. got to that point and i i remember there was a day i was like just kind of crying and i said i'm done i don't want to play Wow. I told my wife that, and I was still under contract, Wow! but then it was almost like God in some ways changed my heart, too, and I was like, okay, God, if you want me to play, I will play. If you don't want me to play, then please release me, and so I was praying that in, like, January. I was like, just please get me released. Please get contract negotiations to where, like, they're asking me to take a pay cut, and I'll only take a pay cut if I get a certain amount guaranteed, whatever, like, Lord, just kind of, like, I'm ready to go. I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to do everything I can to play. I'm going to prepare like I'm going to play. But if I'm not supposed to play, just release me. Hmm. And it comes to free agency, and they ask me to renegotiate my contract, yada, yada, yada. He releases me. Or, like, he said, we don't agree because it wasn't in favor of Hmm. my contract. And he released me. And then, you know, the the human side, the the competitive side says, all right, I'm going to show them. I want to make them pay. (laughs) So I was looking at a couple different teams. And then two days into looking at some teams, I remember talking to my wife and I go, I have no idea why I'm chasing this. Wow. Like, like, like what do do I have to chase a ring? Guess what, man? Like I could care less about a ring. Hmm. I like, that's not going to make me a different man that I am today. Hmm. Like me right now sitting on my couch, talking to you. I would not be a different human being if I had a ring. Yeah. Like what's that going to do? Give me some stupid piece of jewelry that I'll never wear in my life? <laughs> no, I like like that's that's not what I'm doing and and I prayed for this. Like I said, God, like release me. I I didn't I I got to that point in whatever it was January, I don't remember the exact date. And I wanted to be done. And I was like, "You know what, God? If you want me to play, I'm gonna work as hard as I can. And then if not, if you're releasing me, then I'm done. Well, it's one of those things I was just fighting, you know, the competition or the flesh or whatever it may be, the pride. Mm-hmm. And then God just said to me, I, I remember it was like I was put getting ready to put my kids down for bed, um, in in my home in Baltimore and I was like, I'm done. Nice. Like God God already answered this prayer. Yeah. Like, why do I need to create a, a, a new um plan in my life when God was point blank, as clear as can be and said, no, bud, you're done. Uh, you, you don't need to chase this anymore. And, and I think that's why I am so okay with where I'm at mm. or where, why I was now, are, were there difficulties in retirement without a doubt, the first three to four months, I went through a, a mode of almost depression mm. or a depressive, um, mindset, almost yeah. anxiety, mm and it wasn't because I didn't want to, or because I wanted to play. God already closed that door for me. I didn't want to play. Mm. I was as happy as I've ever been. Uh, as far as like football, because I was like, I get a golf. i am I've been wanting to play a lot of golf. And but I went through this time and, and it, and it was, you know, I, I think probably because I had a lot of idle time. I had a ton of idle time and the enemy just freaking loves that and just oh, yeah. craves idle time for people that love Jesus. And, I had a lot of idle time, man. And it uh, it was times that the enemy's trying to feed you lies like, mm. oh, you know, this you're not going to be able to do this. You're going to have this. And it's like, wait, what, why am I even thinking that? Or he's like, I, I remember I went through a time where he's like, oh, you're not saved. Are you You really? Uh, and I knew mm. how I was saved. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to base my my salvation or my relationship with Jesus off of feelings mm. when you sh- you're you supposed to base it off of truth, but still the enemy's trying to say all that crap to you. Mm. And it was like, all right, God, like, I need, I need you to kind of just sort this out. I, I, I went through time I was like, God, I, I have no idea. I have anxiety. I have depression. I don't, I don't even know why. Mm. Like, it makes no sense to me because I'm so excited about my future, but why, why is this going on? And and it's, you know, it's through those times when obviously, I mean, I'm not trying to quote scripture, but like when you're weak, like that's an opportunity to be like, turn it over to God, oh, you yeah. know, and, and see his strength and, and let him like fight for you because mm. we're useless mm. to try to fight our own battle. Uh He, uh, he showed up time and time again, it wasn't easy. And there are still times I go back to struggling with anxiety or whatever it is. I just had to keep handing it over to God, like, Hey, homie, like I'm, i'm cool i like and I, I had to come to a point too like i was like you know what god if this is if this is what i have to go through like mm-hmm. this anxiety and stuff for a little while that's okay mm-hmm. you know like because guess what in heaven i'm not going to have to deal with this yeah. I'm, I'm not going to have to deal with that so that's kind of a transformation of wow. why i wanted to retire or how retirement happened and then just kind of the uh, you know, the, the newness of retirement and some of it had to do with too. It's like a new life, the new normal. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to work at early in the morning. I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not getting ready for a game. Even when we did have off season and time off, I'm not getting ready for a season. And then I'm home a lot more with my wife. Whereas that's, that's difficult. I love my wife to death. We've been together for 20 years. And, and we dated from high school, and never broke up on, so like I have been with her for so long, and you think, "Oh yeah, we need to be with each other every second <laughs> and every day no yeah. like we need- we needed something and and it was it's really cool because like it was really hard, God like orchestrated things, like he softened my wife's heart to be like, You need to do something, or like and that that ended up being golf. I tell any any interview I'm on, and they talk about golf i I really believe, and some people laugh. Actually, most people laugh and I kind of chuckle to myself, but I really believe God created golf just for me. (laughs) And that's the way I look at it. It's like God knew that I needed some sort of competition. God knew that I needed um, something to do that I love and that I'm passionate about. And he knew that I needed something. I mean, there's there's other things, whether it be speaking, um, public speaking or, uh, my the the podcast that i'm i'm doing with matt flossen called out of nowhere
0: or yeah.
2: the the consulting company called performance mountain that i'm a partner and he knew i needed all this stuff and i feel like it, you know maybe maybe i don't know if i'm selfish but it's like no god created that for me hmm. you know because you know what if i was the only dude on earth that god created golf for me then because he knew that i needed something i needed that and it's been, a I mean, it's been a roller coaster going into retirement. Yeah, but um, you know, God shows up at you know at every turn.
1: Mm. Gosh, what what an awesome story, and I appreciate you sharing all of that, and and I can identify and re- relate to to multiple parts of that, and and specifically the idea that we pray for something, God answers the prayer, and then all of a sudden we start wait wait, no, did he really answer that? How I, wait, that's exactly what I prayed. And then we kind of get in our own way sometimes. So I, I've been there and, and, and can relate to that. So uh, yeah, so I appreciate your story. And, and so w- with golf, what, like it's interesting to hear just how important it is to you, but, but what about it and, and kind of what has drawn you to it? And, and, and how do you, I don't know, maximize the, the time you spend with golf? I, I'm just kind of curious with all that.
2: Yeah. So like, I, I just, I, I love the game and it's something as far as like competing. If if you take a strength finder's test, competition is one of them. Well, that's my number one.
0: Mm.
2: So if if I don't have like competition or um you know, that type of deal. And so I play in Nebraska amateur tournaments. I oh, play cool. it like that are stroke play tournaments. So I spend a lot of time. I try to play three to four times a week in, in practice and and it's just something I love. I mean, it's something that I'm passionate about. I can do it without, you don't have to be running around like, which wouldn't bode well for me with all the injuries I had. And, but it's something that you can do that's active still like, like an athleticism type deal, because when you're stationary, there's nothing that, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's some with certain like maybe back injuries, but like with all the injuries I had, I'm able to still do that. Mm. And it's, it's uh it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I've always enjoyed it. And it gets me out of the house too. Like I know that sounds ridiculous like some you know couples that might be listening to be like, "Oh yeah, but he just gets to go play." Well, <laughs> in some ways it's just something that like we both need. Yeah. You know, and and she needs me out of the house, I think. I got to be honest. There's times when she needs me back at the house more and I I will be back more. It gets me out of the house for anywhere from 4 to 5 hours and you know, it's still, if you say four to five hours and it's four times a week, that's not even 20 hours a week, which isn't a job. I'm not as gone as most dads, thankfully, cause I love it. I'm able to be around my kids. Probably I'm blessed to be around my kids more than most dads. And that's a gift. Mm. Um, but it's, it's something that, um, kind of gets us away from each other a little. Um, not that we, we hate each other cause that's, you know, the first thing from the truth, but, uh, it just it uh, helps break things up in our days.
1: I love it. That's cool, and it's interesting. My my wife is not a sports fan, but the other day she told me just as the NFL was starting up, she goes, "I'm okay with you watching football." And it was like, "Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. That's very nice to hear. I appreciate that." So yeah, again, it's kind of the breather. She can do different stuff at night, right? I so I, I, watching football for me is that that outlet. But 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 for you to have the golf, uh, that ma- that makes sense, especially with everything going on. Everybody's been at home all the time. It's nice to have something to, to oh get gosh. out and, and do.
2: So, so that's, oh, for sure, for sure. So
1: that's awesome. Well, uh, j- just uh, one final thought just on, your, on the, kind of the, the story that you shared in, in retirement and, and some of the lessons learned. Just as, as an encouragement to our listeners today, how would you sum up kind of what, what you've learned about trusting God's plan? And, and I even think back to just your your whole career, and we, we don't have time to get on into all of that today, but, but maybe we could do that another time, but just the idea of, of you know small time school and, and and making it to the NFL, playing ten years, trusting god's plan along the way what what have you learned just about his faithfulness and, 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 and our ability to trust him?
2: Yeah, I think the the thing is if you look at every turn, turn in my life or not going to Division One, not getting drafted, not getting invited to Combine, not, you know, making the team, getting turned my ACL first year, um, the different injuries that I had. Uh, God was faithful through it all. He, he But the thing is, like, trusting – I'm not going to sit up here and say, like, I trusted him right away on every single oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I am a human being, and and I have definite faults that's a cool thing though is that like we have a God that really loves us and and he cares for us and and he's he's okay with not that like I mean I I would prefer me just being like all right God I trust you you know and and there were times in it where I did like that but there's also times where I was trying to trust myself I was trying to trust my my abilities I was trying to trust my plans and we have a God that loves us so dearly. Obviously that he freaking sent his son to tie on the cross and 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 make us be seen as Jesus to God, like spotless. Like mm. we have that, but he also in times of like trouble or times of not trusting, he seeks us out too. Mm. Like we, we have a God that he seeks us out even though we're not doing what we should be doing. That's something that I learned is we we have a we have a savior who loves us so dearly and he's always going to show up no matter what it is uh not not always on our timing uh i i realize that it's not always on our timing it's not always when i want it but he shows up and he never like man i got hurt those i had three big injuries or four big injuries in the league and there was reasons every time, maybe not right away. You're like, Oh yeah, I get it. Like I loved her in my ACL. This is sick. (laughs) It's, it's never that, but you, he always shows up and lets you know, you you know, when I tore my ACL the first time that's Stacia and I, my wife got married that year and we had been eight hours apart in college and we took it as, you know what? God gave us time together to learn, to live together, learn to be married, uh, learn this, that, and the other. In, in 2013 or 2014, when I I break my ankle, I have microfractures in my foot, it was just like rely on him and just trust him in the the situation. Be like, hey, I, I I got this. You're 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 fine. I I didn't know what it looked like, but he he took care of me, and and he uh ended up having my probably my best year of my career the next year. And then in 2016, I tear my ACL again, my other ACL. And he just wanted to say, Hey, I can do this. You don't need to do this. I'm going to get you your contract. You're not going to get you your contract. Mm. And, and then the hamstring deal was like, I know better. I know better than, you know, and you're going to be done and it's okay. So he showed up in every single turn and twist and turn and the same in, in the, all the colleges stuff and, and not getting drafted. And sometimes it takes a while to get there, but, uh, we we have a savior that loves us so much we can trust him and uh he's going to show up he's he's not not going to.
1: Amen. Well man, what an awesome way to to end the podcast today and and this was a fantastic interview so encouraging and and just appreciate uh your uh encouragement and and wisdom and uh man, that that was awesome. So uh encourage people to check out your podcast. It's called Out of Nowhere. And and man, we'll we'll definitely have to have you on again because we've we've only scratched the surface. But but appreciate uh, everything you shared today here on Unpacking It.
2: Hey, sounds good. Thanks for having me.
1: Awesome. There's Danny Woodhead joining us here on Unpacking It.
0: Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: And we're back in studio. What an awesome guy. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And hopefully you listened while doing the dishes and (laughs) taking out the trash. But that was a ton of fun and and really just some great spiritual insight. And so a couple couple quick things to unpack uh, here as we wrap things up. You know, this idea that we can't expect guests that come on or or you and I to always trust God 100% of the time. Because... We are going to fall short in that we're, we're gonna end up trusting ourselves we're going to end up trusting you know other people or str- trusting in our own strength and we just get distracted and and we when when things don't happen as quickly as we we want them to our, our trust or our faith you know be challenged or or waver a, a little bit but ultimately we want to go back to trusting God but when we reflect back on those seasons of life where we needed to trust God, to me it's not even about how much we trusted him or or not as much as it is about how trustworthy he proved to be because it's not it's not about puffing up our chest like oh yeah i trusted god the whole time and i trusted him like that, that to me that's not really the point the point is when we look back at the difficult seasons in life the challenges and and we see how god sustained us through and how he answered prayer how he turned things for good how he Revealed a better plan than what we had initially thought was the best plan. He he knows better, but he shows us how trustworthy he is. He reveals his character, and you know it's great for our faith to be tested, and and we grow during those times, and and it reveals you know where our faith is at, and ooh, we we got to grow in our our faith and grow in, in in how much we trust God, and and so all of that is good. I think even more than that, let's look to God and His greatness and power and, and goodness and kindness and love and Him showing us yet again, yep, God is trustworthy. Yes, we can put our faith in Him because He will get us through. His way is best. He knows more than I know. He is sovereign. He is loving. And he, you know, he, the, the way, the depth, uh, and we can't even describe how much He loves us. And wow, look what He did through that situation. As we look back, as we reflect, so that popped up uh, as as Danny was talking about uh, you know kind of what he learned about God's plans and trusting and, and all that kind of thing and um, so I wrote down we don't always trust but He remains trustworthy um, so maybe that's a good good line you can tweet that um, let's see uh, and then the other thing I mentioned this during the interview but sometimes we we pray certain things God re- God answers those prayers. We all of a sudden question, like, wait, oh, maybe I shouldn't have pr- prayed that prayer. Or wait, is that, that wait, is that really an answered prayer? And, and I, it makes perfect sense that Danny Woodhead would go through that process because he was ready to move on from the NFL. But then it became reality, and it's like, oh wait, am I really gonna? Is it really time to walk away from the NFL? Wait, he's really made God has made this a possibility for me to walk away. Wait, and he answered my prayer, but wait, is that really what I want now? And so I I know that we do that sometimes and and again it goes back we got to trust we got tr- trust that God answered prayers it, it is the the best way to go and, and we don't need to second guess we can move forward in confidence but it's tricky it, it makes it, it makes it tough sometimes but we have to think back to God's faithfulness in answered prayer uh and cling to that and say oh wow this is what he wants and that he's made it evident so let's walk forward in in confidence and then uh Yeah, the one other thing he said about idle time. And, you know, we we interview a lot of guests on here, former NFL players and that talk about retirement, and guys go through different emotions, and it's a challenging experience oftentimes to walk away from the game, and then all of a sudden you've got idle time. You don't know what you're going to do with the second half of your career, your life, where the NFL part of playing is over. Now what? What do you do with that extra time? So it was interesting to hear him really get into golf, uh, it did sound like he had a couple other things he's involved with and, and doing a podcast, which is awesome. Um, but I think for all of us, what do we do with idle time? Because he's right. The enemy gets us. The lies, the temptations that come from idle time where we're not being really the opposite of idle time is intentional time. We want to be intentional with how we spend our time because if it just kind of slips away, we don't really know what we're going to do with it. Not that we have to plan every minute of every day, but... When we just sit there w- without direction or without intentionality, uh, it can lead to whether it's feelings that, that can be negative or behavior that ends up being negative, uh, idle time can be, can be risky. Idle time is different than resting. And we can be intentional with our rest, which, which is key, and, and slowing down. And, and so that, I think that's different than idle time. So that would be an interesting kind of further discussion as well. Uh, but but another takeaway from the conversation. And then the last thing, we, we have awesome guests on this show. Every once in a while, I, I'm a little bit of a fanboy. And you probably heard it in the interview. You know, I, I gave a lot of love to, to Danny Woodhead. And so he's just, he's just one of those guys. I loved him as a player. He was awesome. And then to come on and live up to the hype uh, as far as in my mind. Because I'll have guests on sometimes. And, and maybe I had just have too high of expectations. And it's hard for them to even live up to it. Danny was awesome that was a great great interview and I hope that you enjoyed it because uh, I loved having him on this show so my hope would be we get him back on I think we got so much more to talk to him about Uh, again what an awesome career he had and he had some cool thoughts just on the NFL today too he seems to keep up with it which which is great so he doesn't go NFL red zone like I do but that's all right Uh, he wants to hone in on one game I just can't sit through all the commercials I'm sorry I can't do it but Thanks for listening today. I always wrap up the show by by saying this. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on Unpacking It.
0: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's unpackin'it.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackin'it.com slash donate.